Grace and peace be with you as we gather this day on this day of rest, this day of glory, this day of transfiguration. I want you to stay standing, okay? I want to try something, and I, I pray that you play along with me a little bit, okay? I'll put your hymnal down if that's helpful. Okay, um, looks like it's pretty full, so I want you to uh, turn towards a person next to you. You're going to look at that person, so go ahead and actually turn, okay? And uh, the person that's standing to my left, closest to Concordia, that person over on this side of the church, I want you to look at the person you're looking at, and I want you to say to them this morning, you look glorious. Okay, on the count of three. Ready? Here we go. You look glorious. How'd that go? Okay? Okay, now the person closest to Colorado. That's the person over there. Okay? I want you to respond back to the other person with these words. You look glorious too. Okay? Ready? Here we go. You look glorious too. Now, how strange was that? Right? So sharing of the peace is not a, a bad thing anymore. You'd rather do that than this, right? Have a seat. I mean, I, I have a reason that I wanted you to do that. For you to say and to hear, you look glorious. What's behind that comes from our second reading from 2 Corinthians, where Paul writes for... What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I mean, I could have had you stand and look at the person next to you and say, you look tired. Right? A little awkward. Maybe it would have been better to say, hey, you look marvelous. I had written down in my notes to say, you look bored. But as a preacher, I thought, I am not taking them down that path. You, you look glorious. There are words used in Scripture and also events that are recorded in Scripture that sometimes we, we say those words or we hear of those events and it's hard to wrap our mind around them. I mean, today, the event of the transfiguration, a historic event in the life of Jesus, He goes up the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and He's transfigured. The glory of God the Father radiates from His Son recorded by the gospel writers it's still hard for us to wrap our whole mind around it or the word glory that you've heard in songs and in scripture and now we're discussing this the word glory we can get a kind of an idea of what that is but what's all included i mean probably one of the most uh, familiar um, historical records in Scripture that Christ followers think of glory perhaps is from the Christmas account. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the 
glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Glory, the radiance of the majesty of God from His servants, the angels, appearing. Or Jesus speaking of the last day in Matthew. He said, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Glory, a heavenly brightness radiating from God. Glory, the divine majesty and perfection of God. And that's what we hear in Scripture. But also in our speaking, we use glory, but we use it in really weird ways. Uh, I'm not from Nebraska. We've lived here long enough to know that, well, we had our glory days in Nebraska, right? See, I didn't even have to tell you I was talking about Husker football, right? I've heard about the glory days, and they were a few years back. I do kind of associate myself with that. I'm a Cubs fan, and we've had our glory days, (laughs) 1907, (laughs) 1908, finally 2016. Or we'll use glory when someone has won an event or received an honor, done well. Later today, some of you will be celebrating because someone will be standing there in all their glory after the win, right? The 49ers, the Chiefs, or Taylor Swift (laughs) standing in all their glory. But get this, when I ask you to look at your neighbor and say, you look glorious, it had nothing to do with any accomplishments any perfection, any work in your life or mine. We do not stand in our own glory. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, was not standing in his own glory even as an apostle. Moses and Elijah, Elijah being taken up into heaven, a glorious moment, and now they're standing there at the Mount of Transfiguration. Men from of old, standing alive, speaking with Jesus, they were not standing in their own glory. Peter and James and John witnessing that transfiguration, they were not standing in their own glory. And we, though you look glorious, it is not from you. So, at the beginning of the reading that we had from 2 Corinthians, we read, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. This reference takes us all the way back to Exodus 34, and Moses was not standing there in his own glory. The reason for this veil, he had just come down from Mount Sinai. He had stood in the presence of Yahweh, and the glory of Yahweh shone upon him, and it reflected still off of Moses into the lives of the children of Israel. And out of fear, a veil was put over his face because a sinful person cannot stand in the presence of God. 
And that veil was hiding the glory of Yahweh. And now comes to us 2 Corinthians to remind us that now we stand with no fear in the presence of God. We stand now in the presence of God whose glory has shone on you and reflects through you. Some verses from chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians we didn't print, but listen, listen to these verses. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The Spirit, giving faith, removes the veil and shines the glory of God through Christ into our lives. Judgment of the law is gone. Sin forgiven. Shame and guilt removed. And the glory of the Lord shines from Christ on you. The glory of Jesus, the one standing on the Mount of Transfiguration, a glory that comes from His Father to His Son. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us of that. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. God the Father's glory shone through His Son at His birth. God the Father's glory shone through His Son at His death. God the Father's glory shone through His Son in His resurrection. God the Father's glory shines through Jesus in the transfiguration. And it's the Father who says to Peter, James, and John, it's the Father who speaks to us and says, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. For Jesus, my Son, His death and resurrection has removed the veil. And my glory shines through Him onto you. And it's the Spirit who turns our faces not away from Jesus, but to Him. We are being transformed, Paul writes, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So what do we do? What do we do knowing that indeed Jesus is God's Son, that the Father's glory shines through His Son into our lives? What do we do? Well, the boys, they wanted to stay on the mountain. Peter, terrified, like, can we build some tents and just stay here? And wouldn't that be great, even in our days, to stay in those glorious moments when we celebrate God's gifts and when life seems to all be together and the hurt is gone and darkness seems so far away. Wouldn't it be great to stay in those glorious moments? And Jesus takes Peter and James and John down the mountain. And God takes you and me the ones who's the reflectors, so to speak, of the glory of Jesus 
down the mountain from those moments of peace and rest back into life for one thing, our neighbor. That the glory of God through Jesus could be reflected off of our lives into theirs. We don't just sit and bask in the glory. We go in the glory of Christ for the sake of our neighbor into the darkness and brokenness not only of our lives of theirs, that they would see the light of Christ through us in word, in service, in ministry of presence, in giving and caring. And St. John, as a congregation, I just want to highlight you are glorious people. And the light of Christ shines onto you and is reflected into the community. Last night, Henry and Lauren were baptized. Henry, in our four-year-old preschool in the Child Development Center. And Lauren, in the three-year-old Child Development Center preschool. And that place was provided because the glory of the Lord has shone upon you and you were moved to reflect it and serve your neighbor. Most of you haven't met Henry and Lauren. You will. Filled with a lot of energy. But filled with the glory of God in Christ. And some of you gathered yesterday and were in a service, a funeral here. And the glory of the Lord has shone upon you and reflected off of you. Maybe you didn't even know Jacob. Some of you gave and came and served and sang and provided food. You, because of Jesus, are glorious people. And He, our light that has cut through our darkness, He indeed is the Father's Son, so let us listen to Him. If you don't mind, go ahead and stand up. turn back to that person you spoke to before. But this time, on the count of three, we're all going to say these words, you look glorious in Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. You look glorious in Jesus. And now may the peace of God, which is beyond our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life eternal. Amen. Please pick up your hymn.